What a Friday it is already. It is the final Friday before Christmas. Welcome into Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao alongside Maurice Patton as we are coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Man, what a an exciting show that uh, we have planned for you and plenty of news in the sports world to get into, to discuss, to uh, opine about. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words, <laughs> like coupon. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Ask somebody. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Google kick. Google and, coupon and see what comes up. It's going to be it's going to be on YouTube. <laughs> number 1. Oh man. We're number 1 in your hearts, I hope. We are the main man, <laughs> the main man on, on Main, main Street. Street. There we go. Oh man. We've got Tony Syracuse coming to talk about Florida State. There's a lot going on. A lot to talk about. So let's. And he's on top of it. He is. He is on top of it. He has told us he is on top of it. And if anything else happens between now and then, he'll he be, on, be top on top of that. that. <laughs> so we're excited to talk to him. That'll be in the second hour. So you're going to want to stick around for that. It'll be right after Terry McCormick at the top of the hour talking Titans before their uh, their game with Seattle on Sunday. And in just a few moments, we will talk with Trevecca Men's basketball coach Kevin Carroll he's got him rolling he does have him rolling amazingly so I'm telling um, you I think I think he and Karen Booker huddled up this summer and he must have said what did you do <laughs> and how can I I'm it? gonna do the same thing yeah. and so far so good yeah how about the the athletics department over there, the athletic director, has made three fantastic hires in men's and women's basketball and baseball. Mark Elliott, he's on it, man. He has he has Trevecca's athletics program seriously as as prepared as they can be to move into the Gulf South. Into the Gulf South. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I'm super just, pumped. Just don't ask him about football. Yeah, yeah. Where where are they gonna play? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think, as as he indicated when we talked to him, I don't think football is on the. I don't. I don't even think it's on the back burner. No. No. So, it's, 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 and that's okay. It's not even close, and that's yeah. that is okay. But yeah, Trevecca's men's team is rolling, and we're going to talk to Kevin Carroll and, and so much more. We've got a lot to get to. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We're going to go ahead and, and jump right in because we've got baseball off the top, and that's always fun. But until then. We give you yesterday's results and today's, well, the weekend plus some schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Friday rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates, the voice of the Blue Raiders or the Blue Raider voice. Also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615 615- 542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. Girls basketball action yesterday. We are going to give you Beach and Westmoreland 35-31, the score there in favor of the Lady Bucks. 
Brentwood Academy 5950 winners over Ravenwood. Buckeye Valley of Ohio. As if it was going to be up some, out of someplace else. <laughs> Buckeye Valley B. Yeah. Huh? 61-39 winners over Wilson Central. CAK downs Middle Tennessee Christian 50 to 39. Centennial of California, not a Franklin, downs Harpeth Hall 70 to 52. It's Cheatham County, Cheatham County falling to Father Ryan 39-36. Columbia Central advances to the championship of the more than basketball tournament with a squeaker 51-49 over Ezel Harding. Creekwood, 50-47 winners over Upperman. Webb School downs Innsworth, 57-47. Cumberland County, 46-29 winners over Green Hill. Hillsborough falls to Cannon County, 51-39. Houston County downs Montgomery Central, 74-4. Metcalf County of Kentucky, 69-34 winners over John Overton. Riverdale falls to Lawrence County, 52-22. Liberty Creek, 71. Hume Fog, 34. Good Pasture, 49-47 winners over Lipscomb Academy and Livingston Academy, 70, Dixon County, 34. Also, Marshall County defeated Cullioka, 58-31. It was Monterey, 60, Lead Academy, 49. Whitefield Academy of Kentucky, 35, Mount Juliet, 20. Nashville Christian defeated Watertown, 33-19. Open over Hendersonville, 56-41. One of one prep out of North Carolina defeated Page, 54-49. Bowling Green, Greenwood. 58, Pearl Cone 43, it was Providence Christian 61, Jemison of Alabama 44, Red Bull and Springs defeated Davidson Academy 43-30, Rossview with a 57-15 win over West Creek, Springfield down Gallatin 44-39, it was Stewart's Creek 58, Farragut 56, and Grace Christian of Knoxville 89, Tennessee Heat 24, in boys basketball action on Thursday night. Antioch down Sycamore, 68-55. It was Bearden defeating Clarksville Northeast, 83-38. And Beach with a 72-59 win over Central Harden of Kentucky. Battleground Academy down Hazel Green of Alabama, 61-60. It was Blackman, 45-34 winners over Shelbyville. Centennial of Tennessee down Sipsy Valley of Alabama, 54-34. Clarksville Academy, 52-50 winners over Cane Ridge. Columbia Central Falls to University School of Jackson, 61-47. McCracken County of Kentucky, 60-41 winners over Columbia Academy. Cookville, 56. That was our fault, I guess. We must have. Was done it? some jinxing of Columbia Academy yesterday. Oh, could be. <laughs> Cookville, 56-49 winners over Franklin. Upperman, 56-44 against Creekwood. Rossview falls to Evangel Christian of Kentucky, 86-66. Fairview downs Dixon County, 59-47. Franklin County, 57. Knowledge Academy's 31. Friendship Christian with a big win over Cannon County, 93-66. While Gallatin down Springfield, 54-36. Good Pasture was a 69-60 winner over East Robertson. Paul Grace Franklin down to Zion Christian, 56-44. It's Houston County, 65. Montgomery Central, 43. Kirkwood, 70-42 winners over Coffee County. Knox Webb was a 43-41 winner over Brentwood Academy. And Lawrence County, 71. Grace Christian of Georgia, 45. Also, Lawson defeated Cheatham County, 60-38. It was Hume Fog, 49. Liberty Creek, 39. Lipscomb Academy, 52. Whites Creek, 46. Loretto with a 59-44 win over Farragut. University School of Nashville defeated Martin Luther King, 48-45. Brentwood with a 46-45 win over Montgomery Bell Academy. Mount Juliet edged Pearl Cone, 43-40. Mount Pleasant with a 62-48 win over Jackson Christian. Hendersonville defeated Oakland, 46-37. It was Riverdale, 54. Forest, 39. 
Jamison of Alabama, 57, Rockville, 38. Siegel defeated Maplewood, 74-35. South Atlanta of Georgia defeated Smyrna of Tennessee, 73-56. It was Raven. In Alabama. <laughs> yeah, it was Raven with 55, South wind 46. Stewart's Creek with an 87-82 win over Christ Presbyterian Academy. Summertown behind 44 points from reigning Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Player of the Week, Gavin Burleson, defeated Franklin Classical 93-69. Trousdale County defeated Lawson. Lawson played twice? Okay. Trousdale County defeated Lawson 55-21. They were probably retired in that Watertown with a 41-40 win over Lakeland Prep. White County 86, Tennessee Heat 33, Franklin Simpson of Kentucky 63, White House 52, and White House Heritage defeated Joe Burns 62-50. In men's college basketball action last night, host Tennessee defeated Tarleton State out of Stephenville, Texas 65-46. One by 19 did not cover. Yeah, for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> Women's basketball yesterday, Kentucky, as we told you, defeated Lipscomb 87-80. Tennessee State was an 86-79 winner over UT Southern. Austin P fell to Stephen F. Austin and the Lady Jacks 66-56. Earlier today, Lipscomb defeated Tennessee Wesleyan 91-52. Ohio State down to Belmont 84-55. NHL action last night come from behind win for the Nashville Predators 4-2. The score up in Philadelphia over the Flyers. In NBA action, 2-0 are the Grizzlies with Ja Morant in the lineup 116. Their score 103 for the Pacers of Indiana. In the NFL on Thursday Night Football, the Rams down the Saints 30-22. to Today's schedule, girls basketball, Cheatham County is at Portland at 2.30. Earlier today, Wilson Central down Ross Shepard of Edmonton, Canada, Edmonton, Alberta. Alberta. Thirty. Yeah, I wonder where they played. Uh, 61-36 was the score there. At 3 o'clock today, Joe Burns and Liberty Creek take the floor somewhere. At Lipscomb Academy will be Ezel Harding in a third-place game at 3 o'clock. Clarksville takes on White House Heritage at 3 o'clock. That is at White House. And Franklin Road Christian is at Mount Pisgah Christian at 440 today. Christ Presbyterian is at Tullahoma at 515. At 6 o'clock, Columbia Central and Goodpasture will play for the more than basketball championship game at Lipscomb Academy. Centennial is at Marshall County. Yes, or yes. Marshall County. <laughs> Are they though? Because yeah, because the girl the girls tournament over there, we just saw Giles County fail to Centennial, Centennial. fifty to 30, 36, 46, something. Fifty like to forty two. Yeah. So Centennial's playing again? Yes, they will play tonight at six against Marshall County and then Montgomery Central is at Waverly at six. Okay. All right. Boys basketball. Christmas classics, man. Get them all in while you can. There we go. Um, more games are better. Boys basketball at 3.30 today, somewhere in Alabama. Bo Boaz of Alabama faces Smyrna. Again, that's a 3.30 start. At 4 o'clock in Lawrenceburg, Grace Christian of Franklin plays a school from Alabama. I don't know if it's cyber technology, math and science. It's an Alabama school. Arts and sciences. Could be anything. Um, I, I don't know. Marshall County plays Siegel at 4. Brentwood Academy plays Maryville at 4.30, which means in, uh, I guess maybe they're playing Maryville at 4.30 at Oak Ridge. That could be it. Okay. 
Franklin Simpson, Kentucky, plays White House Heritage at 4.30. Also, Southland plays White's Creek. At 5.30, Maplewood faces Forest. At 6, Antioch takes on Good Pasture. At 6.30, Franklin Christian plays Summertown down at Mount Pleasant. At 7, Columbia Central plays host Lawrence County at the Ralph. Also at 7 o'clock, Knowledge Academies takes on Sparkman of Alabama. At 7.30, it's Liberty Creek and Joe Burns. Also at 7.30, it's Ravenwood at Lipscomb Academy. Centennial at Marshall County at 7.30. Rossview plays Olive Branch, Mississippi at 7.30. Also, Montgomery Central is at Waverly. And Hume Fogg is at White House. Um, at 7.30 Central Time, 8.30 Eastern Time, Christ Presbyterian is at Whitwell. Wait a minute. Whitwell is in Marion County. That's Central Time. Never mind. It's 7.30 wherever you are that they're playing. At 8 o'clock at Mount Pleasant, the host Tigers take on Franklin Classical. And DeKalb County and Loretto are playing at some point at some venue. Not sure of either. <laughs> um, men's college basketball at 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN. Plus, Ohio, the Bobcats are at F&M Bank Arena taking on the governors of Austin P. Also at 7.30, not available via television, and that might be a good thing. Varsity app, if you want to hear the golden tones of the burb. The burb. Middle Tennessee State in Cedar City, Utah, taking on the Thunderbirds of Southern Utah. Saturday, 3 o'clock, CBS. Oof. Vanderbilt is at Memphis. Saturday, 1 o'clock. The whole country is going to watch that one. On the ice, 1 o'clock, NHL Network Saturday. Dallas is at Bridgestone taking on the Predators. Tomorrow night at 6.30 on Valley Sports Southeast, the Grizzlies are at Atlanta. And then on Tuesday, the 26th, before we return to these airwaves, the Grizzlies return to New Orleans. Um, I don't know what time that is off the top of my head. I apologize. NFL action on Sunday. Seattle comes to Nissan Stadium to take on the Tennessee Titans, minus a bunch of folks. And we'll talk more about that later in the show. But at any rate, that's a 12 o'clock kickoff on CBS again, and that is your rundown. Top Story is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly here in Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. If you have not done your Christmas <laughs> grocery shopping, I... It's Encourage you to get there now. Uh, I did mine at seven thirty this morning. Yeah, seven thirty. I was at. Uh, Fortunately, you can listen to us while you shop. Yeah, you can. I, I would get there now. And so, again, Neely's Mill Shopping Center, Columbia. Don't Dolan meet Bay. me there. Beat me there. Exactly. You're gonna need to get there ASAP if you want to get. Here's here's what you're not gonna get. You're not gonna get butter. You want butter? Too bad. Better churn it, huh? You better get some heavy whipping cream and start shaking. Because ain't no butter to be found. <laughs> and that's how you know you're in the South. When there's plenty of everything else except butter. <laughs> I mean, literally just... Well, I mean, if, if you don't have butter, are you really cooking? No. In the no, South? You're not. No, so, so, anyway... You know who is cooking? The Los Angeles Dodgers. I think they are. They, 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 they are cooking up uh, hmm. large contracts as 
Shohei Otani's $700 million contract is followed. Oh, but, but, but only $20 million of that is he going to get during the life of the contract. So Still, still $700 million. Mm -hmm. Followed that with Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the Japanese... No relation to Tojo. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> the, he's he and the uh, the great moolah. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, Yamamoto, yeah, exactly. Gets a 12 year, 325 million dollar contract, and 12 years to a pitcher. Yeah, 12 years, 325, hmm. and. He's not thrown a single pitch in the major leagues. Who was the who was the Japanese pitcher that the Yank was it the Yankees mm -hmm. or the Mets? Signed? The Yankees. The Yankees. Hideki Arabu, I yeah. believe. Uh, George Steinbrenner called a fat tub of goo. So I'm just saying. Maybe not a great idea to be giving guys hey, hey, twelve-year hey, contracts hey, for three twenty-five. Hey, hey, how many times have I told you? Never stop your enemy in the middle of making, making a mistake. One billion dollars for two players, one of whom is hurt, the other has never played in the Major League Baseball. And when folks are using your name alongside Hideki Arabu's, that's probably not good in his major league career of 126 games, including 80 starts. He was 34 and 35 with a 5.15 ERA. Now, I know wins and ERAs don't mean anything anymore, but I think that's a pretty good indicator that he was pretty meh. Yeah, he was mid at best. And let's not forget that, you know, and, and I know the Japanese league is infinitely better than Taiwan or Korea, but Eric Fetty won a Cy Young. You you overseas. did see that he re-signed with the White Sox, right? I did, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. that's if that gives you any indication of the level of competition, Eric Fetty, the same guy that Joe Simpson said, oh it's okay. Uh, we, we're gonna score some runs, runs off him. him. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's let look, I, I'm I'm just saying that you know the Dodgers have spent a billion dollars on two players, really one and a half right now. They spent their money where they saw fit, and that's perfectly fine. That being said, mm -hmm. this their twenty-four rotation isn't great. Their twenty-five rotation could be, you know, Bueller, Yamamoto, potentially Otani. Bueller should be back at some point this year, shouldn't he? Yeah, but you still only get two of them. You still only get Yamamoto and Bueller, Bueller. at some point. And so Clayton Kershaw. Out till June free agent. Surely the Dodgers re-sign him, don't they? I mean, the way they're throwing money around, why wouldn't they? That's true. Give him give him a small contract. I mean, by deferred. comparison, that's 50. Yeah. Yeah, then the deferred. The deferred, deferred. Exactly. None of this 325 is deferred, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's why it's 12 years. That's Because uh, the dude said, no, I want my money. Well, and, and I mean, they, they, that's why it had to be 12 years for the, for the, for the 
the club for the AAV. Just spread it out. So we'll see what happens, man. I mean, this is this is going to be a very interesting season. Okay. So given the money that the Dodgers have spent in this offseason, is it World Series championship or the Dodgers have a new manager in 25? It's certainly World Series or bust. You know, I'm not sure I'm not sure if Dave Roberts would necessarily be the reason because again, their their pitching staff is not great. They have one guy who is a massive question mark in Yamamoto. You don't have Otani. Not you, on the mound. You have Bueller who comes back halfway through the year, and then you've just got Tyler Glass now who hasn't been healthy in his entire career. He's not pitched an entire season yet. And going to the Dodgers who Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, uh, who was the other guy that got hurt? The redheaded guy um, who got hurt. Gavin Lux. Or is no, he an outfielder? no, he's What's a second on? baseman. Oh, who is it? The, the guy who looks like, you know, he's got the long curly. Mm, I know who you're talking redhead. about. I just can't think of his name. Again, we should ask Purnell. These are all players, all pitchers who have gotten hurt as Dodgers. You think Tyler Glass now is going to come over and all of a sudden be healthy? So I'm sorry. But the Atlanta Braves are still by far the best team in the National League. I am going to go back to that great philosopher, Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. Don't impress you much? Exactly. So there you go. I, look, Dustin I, May. Dustin May. That's it. So that's, that's where the Dodgers stand. I, I mean, I would be surprised if 24 is the year they're looking at as an organization. I think they are looking beyond 24. I see what you're saying. What you're saying makes sense. I don't know that they can say that. <laughs> it's you like, know? hey, we're, we're building for the future here. You just paid a billion dollars to two players. What future are you looking yeah. for? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just don't know how you sell that hard. to your fans as as much sense as it makes. Because again, Otani's not going to touch the mound this year. I'm going to, and, say and you this. don't know what he's going to be when he does. I'm going to say this one time, and you can cut it if you want to, but I will never repeat it. Dodgers fans, by and large, are pretty intelligent baseball fans. And so I'm going to give Dodger fans the benefit of the doubt here. I think they might can get it. it. Yeah. You think they might can see it and be okay with it? I think so. Now, I, it may not show that on Twitter. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> Come October. I think Dodger fans by virtue of the fact that they are Californians largely are probably a little bit more laid back than Braves fans. Yes. I think as tough a sell well, as I think this would be to the Dodgers fan base, you could harder. not sell it no. to the Braves fan base. No, no you couldn't. 
if they had, they would be burning torches down at Truist on the battery and that kind of thing. Yeah. On April thirty, on April thirtieth, when 30th. they lose a game, a game, a game, <laughs> be over. So, anyway, been looking forward to this season. I, you know, off season has been really interesting. Not necessarily for us Braves fans. It's just been weird. <laughs> It's been a weird offseason, but it, it has, has been, been highly weird overall uh, with, with all of the high-profile pro, high free agents. And by the way, Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger, all oh, still free agents. Huh? So let's take a break. When we come back, Kevin Carroll joins us to talk a little college hoops because his Treveca Trojans are, again, rolling. So we'll talk to him mm-hmm. right after this. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao Mo Patton here with you on this Friday edition as we get you ready for the weekend and, of course, the Christmas holiday. We will be sending you a best-of edition on Tuesday, so make sure to tune into that and see some of the best 
segments over the last couple of weeks here on Main Street Sports today, and we'll be back with you live on Wednesday. Right now, we're going to go, though, to the hardwood where Trevecca's Kevin Carroll joins us here. And, Coach, welcome in. We appreciate you joining us. Chris, Mo, thanks for having me on. Good to see you again. Good to see you as well, Coach. And, and life is good on the hill right now. Uh, the, the Trojans sitting at 7-3 and three following Tuesday's 83-68 win over Brian. Um, trying to get an update on the poll. I know last week you guys were ranked number six in the Midwest region. And um, I, surely you're still at least six and maybe higher. But um, I think we actually it, dropped to eight somehow. I'm not sure how that happens. So we didn't you lose. You dropped. Okay. So. But, yeah. you know, but, all, all that stuff doesn't really matter too much in December, though, as you right. were. But, I mean, coming off of the season that this team experienced last year, to be where you all are now with some of the same personnel, I guess, I mean, what relative to what you expected going into Christmas, where are you all right now? Uh, you know, I, I'm pleased with our team. I mean, it's always a work in progress. Every day you're just trying to reestablish your culture and, and uh, reestablish the things, consistency in what, you, what you're trying to do well. Um, you know, we, we, we've brought in a couple of impact players. Uh, there was uh, a player that was on the team last year, uh, Pete Lambesis, who uh, was injured for a majority of the year last year, who's played, played really well for us. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, by and large, you know, it, it's been a good mix of returners and new players. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Page is, I believe, is leading the, the conference in scoring. Um, Jamal Kennedy, who's a transfer from Lead. Uh, Jamal Kennedy, a transfer from Bryn Athen, uh, is, is uh, in top 10, I believe, in scoring. Um, but uh, by and large, I think it's been an entire team effort, both returners and newcomers. You know, Coach, this is this has been a really impressive start to the season. Is this something that you kind of expected going in, or you know, it, is it a little bit surprising how well you guys have played to this point? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I, I wasn't expecting to be seven and three at the break. Um, you know, just knowing kind of where we, we had come from uh, last year. Uh, you know, the uh, for reasons not you know. Uh, just for different reasons, uh, you know, the, the program, they won two games last year and uh, we're playing a very, very young team due to some injuries and some things that happened. Um, so, you know, to have be seven and three heading into the break, I'm not sure anybody necessarily saw that. I, I knew we were capable of being much better and much improved. Uh, whether or not all that comes together in the preseason, that's hard to tell. I knew I knew we had some good players coming in. I know we had some some good young players that were in the program returning. Uh, how all that that uh, matches up and and fits together, though, that's uh, that's always an uncertainty. No matter what team you're taking over or what season you're going into. So, uh, I've been very pleased just with how hard the guys have worked, how how much they've come together as a team, and how much they've uh, really just uh, bought into uh, what we're trying to to do every day. Seven and three, coach, but more importantly, three and O oh in the GMAC. Um, it's 
got to be a pretty nice spot to be in as you head into the break here. Yeah, that's a, you know, uh, we'll play, you know, obviously uh, a majority of our conference schedule will be after, you know, after the break. Um, but just kind of having that three and O cushion right now, we're sitting in top of first place tied with one other team and, um, you know, just kind of having that cushion going into what'll be a, a tough stretch coming up in January. We're going to play a lot of the, the teams that were picked at the top uh, of the conference in the preseason in the first couple of weeks and really get a true measuring stick of where we are. Um, but I think the, the the main thing is, is we just continue doing what got us here uh, for the next couple of weeks, continue to buy into that, continue to, um, you know, not, not get caught, got our head caught up in the clouds. I think a lot of times when you get recognition, uh, as the recognition goes up, your head has to go down and just continue to focus on kind of what got you there. Coach, one of the things that you guys do really well is uh, is rebound. And I had a coach tell me one time, you know, you can look at the end of the game. Team that, out, that, that wins the rebounds are usually going to win the game. Um, you know, who are some of the guys that, that really, you know, hit the boards for you and, and kind of make that work for you guys? Yeah, and that's – I'm not even sure if I can fully explain that because we, we're not the biggest team. We're pretty under right. uh to be perfectly honest. Uh, but what we have are guys who pursue the ball. Uh, you know, Tommy Gangiag is a, a freshman center for us uh, from Mongolia who played at Centerville High School, one of the top high school programs in Ohio last year. Um, you know, I mentioned Pete Lambesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's – He's really a guard who's kind of playing our quote-unquote four position, you know. Uh, and the the reason we play him on that, play him there, is he's he's so good at just pursuing uh, the ball when it comes off the rim. You know, he just has a knack for knowing, kind of like how Charles Barkley was. You know, he was six four playing in the NBA, and Pete's no, nowhere built like Charles Barkley was, but uh, but he kind of has a knack, uh, or like a Dennis Rodman, just kind of has a knack for knowing where the ball is going to come off and going to get in rebounds and and tommy uh you know he's he's a big strong big strong guy you know he's like six seven two hundred and fifty pounds you know so he's a pretty big freshman and uh uh those two guys in particular have done a great job but it, it, we really kind of emphasize just kind of having the gang rebound with our personnel knowing we're not the biggest uh or you know tallest team that that's going to be on the court on most nights First year Trevecca men's basketball coach Kevin Carroll joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, coach, you came over after spending a couple of seasons over at Lipscomb. So um, while you were in town, I'm not sure exactly how familiar you were with the Trevecca program, but you know, what did you feel like your familiar familiarity level was coming in, and what was it that attracted you to? this position again given their struggles of late yeah um I, i'm very familiar with treveca actually played against treveca they were in the conference i played in when i was in college uh when i was the head coach at maryville university of st louis another division two school in missouri mm-hmm. uh we played against treveca a couple of times uh, so played here once or twice uh and just you know obviously being across town at lipscomb uh, we played them, I think, two or three times uh, during my time there. So I, I was I was pretty familiar with it. Um, I'll be honest, uh, the challenge was probably something that really attracted me. 
when I was the head coach at Maryville St. Louis, it was a similar rebuild. I was taking over a program at that time uh, that was transitioning from one of the lower end division three conferences into what at that time was the top division two league in the country, the Great Lakes Valley Conference, which has a bunch of teams that are now division one. Um, and, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a similar thing. And that, that was something I just, you know, that, that's a challenge. I've always enjoyed those kind of things. It's kind of, you know, the opportunity to go do something that I felt was a sleeping giant. Uh, when I was at Maryville, we were one of four Division II schools in the greater metro St. Louis area. And I used to look at Bellarmine. I used to look at University of Indianapolis. I used to look at uh, uh, Lewis up in Chicago, a lot of the better teams in the league. And, and they were the only Division II school in a major city. And uh, being one of four, I just used to think, man, if you could ever get to a spot, you know, where you're the only D2 program in, the, in a metro area, you could probably do some damage. And just kind of felt like this was always kind of a sleeping giant. And um, that's what we're aiming to uh, to make it. Well, and, and that's exactly what you did. You went and got one guy who uh, was not at Trevecca last year and and you've got a couple of others from the mid-state area. You know, this is this is an area with some talent that that can be successful at the D2 level. So, you know, being in Nashville has to be, you know, of course, you are, you know, you are recruiting to some degree against the Lipscombs and Belmonts, et cetera. But, you know, th this is a place where you can be successful on the recruiting trail and not have to go too far from home. Yeah, it really is. And, and I'll tell you with the landscape of college basketball now, um, it, there's probably created a little bit of a niche for uh, division twos in the recruiting area. So like you mentioned, having to go up against a, a Lipscomb or a, a Belmont or a Tennessee state or whatever for recruits. And, and typically, you know, uh, a division two school like Trevecca is never going to win those battles, but with the way the transfer portal is now and the way college basketball is trending with all these things, you know, a lot of these high school guys who are going to the, uh, you know, the, the Atlantic sun or the Southern conference or the OVC or whatever. A lot of the, a lot of times now those kids are not really getting recruited. And, uh, you know, we, we, we signed, uh, four kids in, in the fall and three of them had division one offers. Um, and, you know, four or five years ago, probably all would have been playing at, uh, you know, in the SoCon or the ASUN or the OVC or whatever. And, and, uh, now we're benefiting from that. So, um, you know, there's uh, the, the whole thing is you're always just trying to figure out a way to stay one step ahead uh, of the system and uh, understand that changes have to be made and you have to be progressive in your approach. And that's what we're aiming to do. And we'll see where it goes. That's an interesting insight that you shared, Coach. And it's an interesting dynamic. And I wonder, you know, how do you adjust your recruiting you know, your sights, because you don't want to spin your wheels with a guy who is going division one, but at the same time, you don't want to just concede a guy that you feel like you got a shot to get either. So, I mean, yeah. how, how do you, how do you balance all that? Yeah. I think it's like a lot of other things that any successful organization does is you really try to identify what is a, a bullseye in terms of culture and fit. And um, I've, I've always just been a, been, a big, been a big believer that if your culture is really strong and that if your messaging is very strong, that you will end up getting guys that maybe you shouldn't normally be able to get because they're attracted to what you have to offer. 
um, you know, and we're not for everybody uh, and everybody's not for us, but we feel mm -hmm. like we're the right kind of student athletes that uh, this is a, a phenomenal place. And, you know, we've got a program that we feel like is on the rise and to go have the opportunity to be a part of something and do something that maybe it's never been done before that can be more attractive and to a lot of, you know, players and athletes and families uh, than maybe just going somewhere where they've always been good and they'll continue to be good, whether you're there or not, but to go somewhere and it become good because you helped build it. I think that's something that's pretty attractive. Now I'm interested because obviously with the move to the Gulf South, how much does, I mean, you're, you're building your team for you, but, you know, you, you still have to build a team to compete with your conference and moving to the Gulf South. Does that change, you know, maybe some of the guys that you are after or not? Uh, you know, I don't know if it necessarily changes it. It definitely helps, um, you know, because a lot of the, the guys that we've been recruiting and signed are pretty much in this region. And. Uh, you know, the conference we currently play in, which is a really good basketball league, uh, is a lot of school. We play with a lot of schools in Ohio, Michigan, uh, Kentucky. So uh, now we're going to a league with a bunch of Tennessee schools and Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi and, and Florida schools where it's a lot more advantageous for you know, a young, man, a young man's uh, athlete or family to be able to go watch them play. So I think that part is exciting. It is, uh, there is a big difference probably in the style of play into in the great uh, Midwest uh, conference and in the Gulf South, great Midwest, you're just having coached in the Midwest and having coached really all parts of the country in my career. Uh, in the Midwest, it's a lot more of a skilled game, um, not quite as much athleticism. And in the Gulf South, it's it's also a very well coached league as well, but uh, it's it's probably a little bit more um, you know athletic and stronger and bigger, and so because of that, you're probably going to have to recruit some some athletes who can defend at, the, at that level or uh, rebound at that level or or do whatever. But you know, I think systematically. Uh, uh, schematically, things of that nature, we'll be who we are and try to be the best at doing that. But you're, you're right. You do kind of have to, you, it, there are a little bit differences, subtle differences there in what you look for. Coach Kevin Carroll here of Treveca joining us on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. They'll be taking on the Buffaloes of Milligan Saturday December 30th at 3 o'clock at Trojan Field House here in Nashville before making the short drive to the friendliest campus in the South, Jacksonville State University. And that'll be on Sunday, New Year's Eve at 4 o'clock. So, you know, all of my friends at Jack State, go check that game out before you go do whatever you're going to do on New Year's Eve. And, <laughs> Coach, we appreciate you taking some time with us. And, man, what a great year you guys are having. Hope it continues. We'll be certainly paying attention on the other side of the new year to conference play. It's always an honor, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks, Coach. You too. All right. We'll take a quick break when we come back. The Pac-2 has new information. A settlement has been reached. We'll tell you 
what that looks like and a coach in this state is up for one of the highest honors you can get we'll tell you who and what on the other side of the break stick around Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this Friday. Uh, first, Mo, let's keep it in the hardwood family in the state of Tennessee as Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes up for a big award. Or yeah. a, not really award. I guess it's award. Recognition. Recognition. Yeah. Yeah, I think recognition is the way to go with that. Um it was announced last night, I guess, that um, Rick Barnes has been nominated for nominated 
for induction into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And, I mean, that's, like you said, it's about as big as it gets for a college basketball you know, player or coach. So He, uh, let's hope he gets past the quarterfinals of voting. Because otherwise, Tennessee fans will just, you know, that's take just, that. that that's, that's just mean. Well, I'm just saying that's that's the fan base that is currently leading. 786 wow. career wins, 15th all-time in NCAA Division I history. That seems good. 15th? 15th all-time. Ever. I don't know where that is amongst active, active. coaches. That'd be an interesting one. Um, but, um, he is one of seven people and one team listed as newcomers on this year's Hall of Fame ballot. Um, Vince Carter, Bill Lambeer, Simone Augustus, my gosh, she could play. Penny Taylor, uh, contributors, Jerry West and, um, the czar of the telestrator, Mike Fratello. And then the 2008 U.S. Olympic team have been nominated as well. Um, Rick Barnes is fourth. Fourth among active coaches? Yes. Behind Calipar. I'm sorry, he's now third because Cliff Ellis is no longer active. (laughs) Up to the minute, yes. (laughs) Calipari, Self, and Barnes, followed by Dana Altman. That's, That's solid. That's a good list. That's solid. For those, those, I mean, the other two are coaching, you know, blue blood, blue blood programs. So he's the winningest active coach. He does not have a national championship. Yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, he might be the winningest coach. Period. To not have a <laughs> national championship. I don't think Cliff Ellis does either. Oh. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't think he won one at South Alabama. Nor Clemson. Nor Clemson or Auburn. So yeah, right, yeah. And definitely not at Coastal. So yeah, he would be he would actually be uh number one. Of course, this is NCAA wins by everything. Mount St. Mary's coach uh Jim Phelan is mm-hmm. on there, but he did win a national championship. Rupp, Smith, Knight, Williams, Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won one. Multiple. M- Huggins? Mm. I don't think Huggins won one. Uh, probably didn't, probably won't. <laughs> Good call. So, yeah. Anyway, congrats to Rick Barnes. He he absolutely deserves his name on a stone somewhere. Or bust. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Whatever they do. Yeah. I don't know what the Hall of I've never been to the Naismith Hall of Fame. I don't know what they do either. It's up in Springfield, Massachusetts. That's why I've never been. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just a plaque? I bet it's just a plaque. Whatever it is, he deserves one. Yep, that's all it is. It's just a looks looks just their pictures with their name on it. It's not even really a plaque. Well that's kind of boring. Oh, well. Well, you know, Halls of Fame 
typically are. Kind of boring. Yeah. Well, I, in the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, Alabama Sports Hall of well, Fame, you, those are not. True. No, they are not. Those are very interactive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With a lot of exhibits and mm -hmm. things. So those are cool. Yeah. I've not. Some of them. A lot of exhibits, a lot of. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Kiosk. Interactivity. Yeah, uh -huh, Interactivity. yeah, yeah. Very good word there. Good job. So, yeah, good it, stuff. It is. It is interesting. Uh, Let's how, see. When will we know more on this? That's a good question. Induction is set for August seventeenth. So we'll know before then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Along, did you did you list everybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Vince Carter, Bill Lambeer, Simone Augustus, Penny Taylor, Jerry West, Mike Fratello, and the 2008 U.S. Olympic team. They're the those are the newcomers on the ballot. An um, announcement in the near future. In the near future. Okay. <laughs> The entire class of 2024 will be unveiled during the Final Four, Saturday, okay. April 6th. The announcement time and broadcast network. Okay. okay. So it will be April 6th. That's when we will know. Okay. Finalists on February 16th during All-Star Weekend. Okay. So. so I wonder who, how many finalists and how many inductees do we get? Doesn't that's, really say, does it? I mean, that, that's a very short list of semifinalists. Well, those are these are all new. These are first time inducted, oh, uh, first time nominees. Okay. So you've got so a bunch of folks who were just still on the ballot. Uh, right, right. Gotcha. Like John Beeline, Chelsea Billups, okay. Tom Chambers, John Clockerty, Michael Cooper, um, Terry Cummings, Sean Marion. Um, if you go to USAB.com. Gotcha. You can see well that that, the that full makes a little more sense. ballot members. Okay, so this is just the first time they're up for the opportunity. That's the that these are up for it. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um, just real quick, the Pac-2 settled with the outgoing members of the Pac-12 yesterday. And I hope the outgoing members of the Pac-12 appreciated that because they probably, Oregon State and Washington State probably could have made this a lot worse. I think they could. I think, I think after the ruling by the state Supreme Court, I think the Pac-12 outgoing members realized this was a really scary battle if they tried to litigate it. And I think... To some degree, the settlement was probably because of the, uh, you know, that there needing to be unanimous support in order to get mid-year payouts, and Oregon State and Washington State were holding those up. So I'm thinking they probably needed to get those mid-year payouts before the end of 2023. And so they just decided this is going to be easier if we just settle, pay them a little bit of money, which they are. They're going to pay them something. And then future earnings and assets all belong to the PAC-2 and any future members that may or may not include Florida State. It would be a heck of a baseball conference with just Oregon State and Florida State, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. 
So you could just play those two and be good to go. Over and over and over. Yeah, <laughs> back and forth between. Just um, meet in St. Louis. Or Omaha. Omaha. <laughs> just there play in go. Omaha every yeah, year. They got a stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back real quick because I was scrolling through this um, Naismith Hall of Fame ballot, mm. and there are some folks with local ties because there's always a Nashville connection. Um, the Nashville Business College team that played during the onset of women's basketball, I guess, back in the 50s and 60s, um, is, on, is among the women's veteran nominees, along with their coach, John Head, and one of their greatest players, Aline Banks-Sprouse. So just for what that's worth. I felt like we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge their presence on the ballot. And they've been on it previously, I guess. So. Sure. All right. Continue. No, that's it. Uh, that's about all we've got time for because Terry McCormick is standing by anyway for your daily Titans report. So we'll go to Terry in just a moment right after this break here on Main Street Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Y'all stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton. It's time now for your daily Titans update. And we have Terry McCormick coming to you live from the vehicle. From the vehicle. What's up, Terry? Uh, yes. How are you guys? How are you? Good, good. We're uh, just headed uh, out to do a little Christmas shopping here in a little bit. And Better you than me. Pulled over to give you guys uh, some time here on the Zen Sports Titans Report. We we appreciate you pulling over. Sure, no problem at all. No problem at all. Hey, you know, so, Terry, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday. Um, we got some finality, I guess, earlier today. Um, injury report for this weekend's matchup with the Seahawks. Not looking great for the Titans. No, not at all. Seven defensive players out, including six starters. That's not what you want at this time of year, but it's something this team has become accustomed to dealing with. And the injuries are, you know, sometimes injuries hit in one particular area, you know, whether it's the secondary or the offensive line or whatever it may be. But defensively, the Titans are missing guys at every level. They're missing 
uh, Jeffrey Simmons and TK McClendon on the line. They're missing Jack Gibbons and Luke Gifford at linebacker. And in the secondary, they're missing Sean Murphy Bunning, Amani Hooker, and Kayvon Wallace. So six of those seven guys, all but Gifford, have been starting for this team. And that that's a problem. And no matter if you're going against Geno Smith or Drew Locke or, you know, even, I don't know, even Johnny Manziel might might beat you if you, you know, have seven starters, you know, not playing. Equal opportunity injury list. You know, everybody's represented. Uh, yeah, every position group feels like. And that's now, just on defense. That, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Could could be without your quarterback too. Well, I mean, they've they've uh, declared Will Levis questionable. He was limited a little bit today. Went out there and went through stretch, but uh, I still lean toward Ryan Tannehill starting this ball game for the Titans, and I think that that is uh, probably a better than average chance that that's going to go down. Why would you risk Will Levis if he's not close to 100% and you're out of the playoff uh, contention anyway and you don't want to risk further injury behind a very porous offensive line? The flip side of that, though, as I was mentioning to a friend of mine at lunch today, if I'm Ryan Tannehill, maybe I certainly suddenly come up a little gimpy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what? Maybe so, you know. What, what maybe, good, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of you know all that, maybe maybe you do come up just a little bit uh, gimpy there and say, eh, it might be a game time decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Why do? Been there, done that, got the injury. Why do I want to go out there? Yeah, true. I, I don't, you know, of course, if that happens, that leaves only Malik Willis. But the thing about Malik Willis is he does have something to prove, even though. There's very little to play for team-wise. I mean, if you put that guy out there, he's at least got something to prove to show that he needs to be in your plans for 2024. He's got something to prove, and he's also got something. He's also got a little escapability, which behind that line might be something worth having. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, m mobility is the key, uh, especially in this type of situation with the Titans with their offensive line struggling the way it has been. Uh, you know, but, you know, it, it kind of is what it is at this point. I, I fully expect Brian Tannehill to get the start, and uh, I would be surprised if Will Levis is even active. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, again, I've said this and I said it eight weeks ago. Will Levis doesn't need to be back there behind this line, at least not for an extended period of time. We know what's there. We know what he's, you know, as a rookie, what he's done, what he's capable of. We don't need to see him on a ankle sprain. That's not necessary. We, we need to give him the opportunity to heal, come back next year at full strength, get some, you know, get some help on that offensive line, hopefully better than, the help that we obtained this year and go from there. I, I, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is clearly a capable player. The only problem is it's Ryan Tannehill and he's capable of winning the dang game. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I know the fans want him to mail it in and get a higher draft pick, but mm -hmm. I think yes, the players are still wanting to win because right. they're trying to put film on tape. That's going to show them playing in a positive light, uh, sure. either, for the Titans or for one of the other teams in the league. Yeah, that's 
I mean, that that's that's for sure. I mean, they're not they have no um, motivation to lose. No, because help them. Right. I mean, if if you're some of these guys like, oh, great, you're going to draft my replacement, you know, right. So <laughs> that's understandable. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, I, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this team, you know, at least looking forward to the first five minutes to see who the starting lineup is outside of that. I probably won't watch, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you will be there. I, I assume. And who I will. will be alongside? Will Blaine, Blaine be back with you this week? Or? Will. Blaine will be back with me this week. So sports BK can hook you Sports up. It's underscore BK. I think it is an yeah. underscore in there. So, yeah. Anyway, Terry, thanks. Tell us about Zen Sports. All, all right. Sports First of all, you guys have exclusively in Tennessee the last few the new, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here with you on this Friday edition of Main Street Sports today. Looking forward to a fun weekend of college football ahead. Bowl games galore starting this evening and running all the way uh, through the end of the year and 
beyond, I guess, at least to New Year's Day. I don't think there's anything on Christmas Day, but there are plenty of other, uh, plenty of NFL games on Christmas Day. There's three of them, by the way. So that should be, that's really going to make the NBA excited. Once you're uh, doing unwrapping your gifts. Huh? Yeah, watch the NFL all day long, three games. So, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of college football. Raiders, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Ravens, 49ers. Santa Claus is pretty good to Ravens, you. Ravens, 49ers is going to be a – that's a game worth watching. I'll tell you, Giants, Eagles will be worth watching, I think. I have no right, interest in watching the Giants. Well, I, I understand that, but I just think an NFC East matchup like that, I think it's – Oh, there's some, there's some blood there, but uh, – and in, in this and this Raiders cheat. I mean, I think Giants Eagles is probably the least attractive of the three games. But if the Raiders can score, depends on which Raiders show up. <laughs> the, the the Vikings Raiders or, or, or the Chargers, or the Chargers Raiders. Raiders. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Should be interesting. Exactly. Like I a, think that's what you watch. It's like see. a gift. <laughs> you open it up, see what you got. It's a box of chocolates. Oh, man. But it's not just on the field that college football is exciting right now. We told you about the Pac-2 and their lawsuit being settled. Well, when one door closes, another one opens. (laughs) So the ACC and Florida State are now in a legal battle, and we've got Tony Siracusa of Last Word on Sports joining us here to talk about it. Tony, what's up, man? Mo, Chris, how you guys doing? Good to be back with you. Well, good to have you, man. We appreciate it. Um, Problem. What, By the what way, I we... like the fact you used my profile picture from when I was at the Nagurski oh. Awards. Hey, the... man. I feel, like I'm you... sp- I feel like I'm supposed to wear my tux when I show up on your show now. <laughs> Anytime we can get a picture of somebody in a tux, man, we're going to use it. <laughs> 100%. I mean, I mean if, you, if you want to scrub the internet, then we get it. But uh, as long as... <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna grab it. So. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. Hey, you know the one, the, the Nagurski dinner. It's a black tie dinner where you know, I represent the Football Writers Association, and so you know I got to look the part sometimes, right? I understand. I understand. Well, um, tell us the latest here on this Florida State ACC saga. It is. It's crazy, right? I mean, going into Christmas weekend, everyone kind of takes a little breath, takes a, you know, comes up for, for some relaxation and not so much. Um, you know, look, as people in the media, we've all heard the term Friday news dump, right? Where you put stuff out at the end of the day on a Friday. Florida State came hard this morning. They had their board of trustees meeting. Um, I'm going to say it lasted about 10 to 15 minutes. And they came out of it announcing that by the end of the day, they would file a lawsuit against the ACC to get out of the grant of rights deal. Now, let me, you know, here's the grant of rights. There you go. It's right there. All right. That's the original, by the way, right there. And there is the addendum that was done in 2016. Now, and it's got the signature pages from all the schools and everything. Look. The new signature on Florida State's line. That's important. Yes, <laughs> yes there is. Well, um, there you go. The 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 newest Gavel? version Gavel. of it is actually in the ACC headquarters in Charlotte. 
and it's ironic. You're allowed to go see it. You can show up at the ACC headquarters and say, I'd like to read the grant of rights. It literally is in a secure room. You cannot bring your phone in, no notepads, nothing like that. And someone from the ACC stands in there with you while you're you're reading the, the Declaration of Independence or something? Right. Yeah, no. exactly. The, yeah, it's like you need, a, the like you need a the government national yeah. treasure movie. That's it. The grant of rights. That's, the that's the reference point. Look, the grant of rights, ever since I came out to North Carolina a year and a half ago and started covering the ACC, and everybody who is with the ACC will tell you that is a rock solid document. It is, it is unbreakable. It is the most... Look, we've got lawyers at Last Word on Sports who look over these things for us, and one of them referred to it as the strangest document he's ever seen <laughs> in terms of managing this amount of money and this many universities. So everybody signed on to it. There are, and now Florida State wants out. And Florida State has wanted out for a while for financial reasons, mostly. This locks the schools into the conference to 2036. That was originally signed back in 2013. There was a 23-year contract agreement to begin with. It's been altered a couple of times, nothing substantial. The point being that if a school leaves the conference, the conference owns their television rights for their home games. So Florida State leaves, that's fine. You can pay us the $120 million exit fee. But from now through 2036, we own your television rights for your home games. So now we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, right? And of course, if the ACC owns your television rights, you are of little value to another conference, right? Because six of your games are, you know, going to the ACC. So it, it minimizes your value. When Florida State got dumped out of the playoffs, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for them. They were upset that the ACC did not rally on their behalf and that Commissioner Jim Phillips didn't raise the hackles in support of Florida State. Well, he couldn't. He had no ability to because who is the, who is the chief, who is the head of the playoff committee boo corrigan. boo corrigan and what's boo corrigan's daytime job he's athletic director at north carolina state he's not going to take one of his own out to the woodshed like that he couldn't so florida state's had enough and they are going to sue to get out of the grant of rights which is supposedly unbreakable we have plenty of foundation to show it's not unbreakable it's going to be hard it's going to be challenging but it is not unbreakable. Okay. So the 2027 ESPN extension, yes. is that the is that the easiest, I guess, or the 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 the, the armor is softest? I, I, I think that's part of it. Nowhere in the grant of rights does it say by the way, the television contract is only guaranteed through 2027. Yeah, you're locked in through 2036, but from 2027 on, the uh, the ESPN has the exclusive unilateral rights to the extensions 
um, and they're not guaranteed. So we're locking you in, but even ESPN isn't locked in through all of that. Yes, I, I think that is one of the the pounding points that you will get from Florida State. You'll also get something which, or I think you'll get something, uh, a legal term which isn't really used that much, but is used when contracts are, you know, go on for this long, um, an unconscionable contract, which is a legal term which says, look, it was good when both of us signed it and it was mutually beneficial, but circumstances have changed in both of our worlds and it's now completely one-sided. How is it one-sided in this case? Because since this was signed, the Big Ten has had new media rights deals signed. The Big 12 has, the SEC has. As we sit here today, Rutgers is making 70 to $75 million a year in the Big Ten TV deal, but Florida State and Clemson are making $38 million off the deal that they signed. So it's no That's longer mutually beneficial. <laughs> That, that, that's pretty unconscionable. So, so Tony, the obvious question, I think, is if not the Atlantic Coast Conference, where? Well, look, I think logic would have at one time been the SEC. And let's I see a lot of stuff on social media where they say, oh, the SEC says they don't want them. Look. No conference is going to say we want this school from this other conference until they know that school's available, right? The Big Ten said they were done expanding, and two months later, they added Oregon and Washington. You don't, you don't go on the t ledge of tampering unless you're certain that they are contractually available. So both sides, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC are both going to say, yeah, we're, no, we're closed right now. Logic would have been the SEC. The problem is, is that in Florida State's unending temper tantrums over the last six months, which have been very vocal and very public, they've trashed ESPN, they've trashed the playoff system. ESPN would have been, ESPN could have helped them kind of smooth that path from the ACC to the SEC because they're both ESPN properties. I don't think ESPN's really happy with Florida State right now. So I think logic says they go to the Big Ten. Big Ten? Yep. I think it's the no. Big Ten. The Big Ten is no longer worried about AAU schools. The Big Ten is no longer worried about geography like the SEC is. The Big Ten is missing one component, schools in the South. That's what's missing sure. from, from the Big Ten map. This is a way to get it. So the Big Ten times two. Yeah. Yeah. It would be It would be 20 schools. And look, there will be if 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 Florida State can get out of this, they won't be the last ones to get out of it. No, no. If okay, let's 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 talk this through. If mm -hmm. the if Florida State is able to get mm -hmm. out of this, they're not the only ones getting out. It's, Who cer else? it's certainly going to be Clemson. Correct. Who else would benefit from? And and if that's the case, don't you think the SEC would be back open for business? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. If 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 when other schools come out, they're not all going to the Big Ten. It's it's gonna 
There's going to be a little bit of division. There's going to be some one-upsmanship. Look, we're on the verge of two mega conferences and everything else being, you know, whatever else is out there, right? So when the Big Ten comes at it and says, we're going to add Florida State and North Carolina, right? Then the SEC has to respond. You put them in a spot where they have to respond. They'll add Clemson and Virginia, whatever the case may be, or Miami, or whatever the case may be. The SEC is going to get some pushback from its existing Southern schools. Uh, South Carolina does not want Clemson coming in to the SEC. Florida doesn't want Miami or Florida State. But in a game of tens of you know billions of dollars at stake with these contracts, you're only going to allow your member schools to raise so much of a ruckus before you're going to do what you need to do for your own survival. Uh, yeah, it was the Texas th- the Texas theory. That's why Texas yeah. and Oklahoma, I mean, Texas A&M didn't want Texas in, but guess what? <laughs> there Here in. they are. Yes. And there's going to be another challenge. We found out today also that the ACC has already filed a motion in Mecklenburg mm-hmm. County that they insist that the uh, that the case be heard in their hometown of Charlotte. There is a problem again going through these brilliant documents. Whoever wrote them did not include something called choice of law. Choice of law is critical. Next time you get next time you're ready to sign up for a new credit card, look through all the paperwork. It's going to tell you. If you sue us, you must sue us in the state of Delaware because that's where we're incorporated. If you want to sue your moving company, because that was relevant to us not that long ago, turns out they're all registered in the state of Florida and you have to do it down there. There is nothing in the grant of rights which says where litigation must happen. Maybe it's in the membership agreement. It could be, but it's not pertinent to the grant of rights. So what you're going to look at is Florida trying to get, you know, not only a friendly judge in the state of Florida, but protection. And by protection, I mean this real quickly. Go back to Mike Leach suing Texas Tech for breach of contract. He had a legitimate case. It never saw the light of day. It was thrown out of court. Why? Because the Texas state legislature indemnified its public schools against breach of contract suits. Do we really think the state of Florida won't act to protect Florida State if it feels the need to? Heck, we got senators demanding answers from Boo Corrigan about the playoff committee. Of course, the legislature is going to get involved in the state of Florida if they feel they need to to protect Florida State. So that's going to be a major battle also. There will be lawyers. Well, there there will be lawyers, and you know what, Mo? They will be well-paid lawyers. Well-paid, yes, yes. They're going to make a lot of money in this. I regret not going to law school. There we go. There we go. Well, that's funny because today we regret not going to law school. Two weeks ago, we or ten days ago, we regretted not spending a little bit more time in the batting cages after Shohei Otani and that big contract. But yeah, we there's 
There's, okay. there's a lot of regrets. You're oh. hitting me where it hurts, man. I you, remember I grew up in Southern California. I grew up a lifelong Angels fan. Oh man, I'm I'm old. Look, guys, I'm old enough. I saw Nolan Ryan's third no hitter in person against the Twins at the old Anaheim Stadium. So watching Shohei walk out the door like that was just, you know, me and Art. My thoughts on Artie Moreno is a whole other show. <laughs> Can cannot be printed. I'm sure. Yeah, I get it. I get <laughs> exactly. It. Absolutely. So that you know, so that that's where it is. The legal battles have begun. They will not be quick. There will be lots of hearings and appeals as to where it's going to be heard, what's going to be heard. Um, but the 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 opening shots have been fired. If in the event that a and and to be let's be clear here. Mm -hmm. Do we all believe that this lawsuit is simply a ploy to get negotiations began? Do we think that, there, that this is about negotiations of an exit fee and not about actually getting to a ruling from a court? I per I personally think they want the ruling, but will but will be happy with negotiations that will end it sooner rather than later as a way to get out. The ACC doesn't want negotiations to get out because you negotiate with Florida State, you're going to have to negotiate with everybody else. It's in the ACC's best interest to get a bench ruling that the grant of rights is as solid as they portray it to be. If they can get that ruling. If they, yeah, uh, look, uh, any lawsuit. That's a high risk, high reward move on their part. Absolutely. And lawsuits involving hundreds of millions of dollars generally are. Yeah. Um, and you don't know. I, the, the Florida State filing has not yet been shown where they, to the point where it shows whether they've asked for a bench trial or a jury trial. I got to think that they want a bench trial. I got to think that they want to judge who is going to solely focus on the logistics of a contract and things like, you know, terms like unconscionable contract and what the grant of rights actually means. And the fact that ESPN wasn't really in all the way through the grant of rights, as opposed to a jury who can say, Hey, you signed the contract. That's your problem, you know, deal with it. Um, so those those kinds of matters are, are still to be determined also. But I think Florida State would be accepting of a viable contract. Let's remember, Florida State has started working with a couple of private equity firms to help financially enhance the university. Um, you know, the private equity firms are, you know, certainly going to to be a benefit to Florida State when it comes to a settlement. You're going to have to pay the 120 million to get out. That part is clear, crystal clear. It's a matter of whether you walk out the door owning your media rights, which then makes it viable to go to another conference, or whether you walk out empty-handed, in which case you're they're of no walking. value to much of anybody. Are, they're not walking out if that's the case. Right, exactly. exactly. They just have to suck it up for the next 13 years. Right, and, and, and look... We all see how college football, how college sports has been going driven by football, the conference realignments, the, you know, I, I, I know you guys saw uh, Chip Kelly, you know, last week talking about 
college football pulling away from the NCAA so that the rest of sports can go back to what they were. Chip's getting, I, I've known Chip, I, having covered UCLA for five years, four of those were with Chip. Um, and I actually heard that idea three years ago from David Shaw when he was still at Stanford. I heard it a year ago from Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. Now Chip's talking about it. This, the, this evolution, this change also tells me that if anyone in the ACC really thinks that this thing is going to hold together till 2036, you're kidding yourselves. Because if it does, look, the Big Ten has another round of contract talks coming up in six years. So does the SEC. So does the Big 12. They're going to lap you a second or third time. And if you think this is still going to be in together in 2036, you're going to be on the same level as the MAC or Conference USA. Okay, so that that also brings up another great point because there are 14 members of the ACC or just 12? Uh, well, 17, once you include Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Okay. <laughs> and there One. are 14, yeah, there are 14 beyond that. But yeah, then you include the three new ones. Does, does that 14 include Notre Dame? Yes. Okay. You've got to get now nine of hmm. those schools to vote to dissolve. You do. Um, and it's not going and, and and look, it's very divided because staying in the conference <laughs> and the conference still existing is beneficial to Boston College. Georgia Tech, Wake mm -hmm. Forest, Syracuse, Syracuse you know, um, Stanford, a, Cal, and, and, and SMU. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the it's of less benefit to the Clemsons and the and the North Carolinas and the Miamis and and of course Florida State. The irony, part of the irony of this is, and look, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't have he a tinfoil hat. Okay, mm -hmm. well then, well then, let's go. Let me take you down a conspiracy theory and connect the dots. Adding SMU, Stanford, and Cal was for the purposes of protecting the conference to have the 14 teams mandated by the ESPN contract should other schools manage to get out, right? But we went months and months in those conversations, and it never came to a vote because Jim Phillips knew he didn't have enough yes votes. There was one flip, one change in one vote North Carolina State, Boo North Carolina State helped grease the skids to get Florida State out. If that if that comes to be the case, and who was the chair of the playoff committee who dumped on Florida State? Boo Corrigan, ladies and gentlemen. We all and hey, let me throw one more in at you if you want to go real deep on the conspiracy theory. Who was the commissioner of the ACC when Florida State joined? Gene Corrigan, Boo's dad. We got a whole six degrees of, of Corrigan separation. Here okay, okay, but doesn't Florida State being left out of the playoffs hurt North Carolina State as far as money sure, was? It does, sure, it does. It does financially. Absolutely. There would have been a bigger share of sure. all of this. But we also have to look at... But hey, that is a level of petty to which I aspire, if that is the case. <laughs> 
It doesn't even affect the case. But let's look at let's look at what else is going is, is going to be slammed about publicly. This year, right now, was supposed to be the year we started the 12 team playoff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But who stopped it? Who stopped it? Yep. They had the alliance Kevin Warren, Jim Phillips, George Klyovkov, who went together as a voting block to slam the brakes on Greg Sankey's proposal. And it worked. Florida State would be in the playoffs right now if it were not for Jim Phillips and the Alliance. We'd be looking at 12 teams. Florida State would be in. This lawsuit would not be happening. Goodness. There you go. What a mess it is right here before Christmas. But It is a big man. mess. I'll tell you, I learned a lot in this, in, in this segment. And, Tony, cannot thank you enough for, for spelling it out for us. It is incredible. Uh, the, the work that you've done in such a short period of time. Tell folks how they can read your stuff at Last Word on Sports. Yeah, absolutely. And and glad to do it. Glad to join you guys. Uh, you go to lastwordonsports.com. You hit the college football link. We've got 30 writers covering teams across the country. The thing we are most proud of right now, guys, we have a preview of every single bowl game. Uh, we start, they run about two days before the game. So just follow us along all the way into January. We have previews of every single bowl game. Uh, we've been covering National Signing Day this week and who did what. So uh, we are knee deep in it. There is literally no holiday break for for us right now. You know, they get Christmas Day off. And beyond that, it's get back to the bowl coverage because that's just what we do at Last Word on Sports. We've got an Instagram page. We've got a Facebook page. And you can follow the site on Twitter at Last Word on CFB. And I see you got my my Twitter feed or X or Twitter or whatever we're going to call it today. It's up there. So that's where you can find us. Man, we appreciate it. We look forward to uh, reading those as, yeah, there's a lot of bowl games. So yeah, we're going to need to read some of them uh, yeah. as we're getting ready to make our picks. So we appreciate that information and uh, look right. forward to talking to you again soon, Tony. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for your time. Have a good holiday. Sure. You, Bye. Too. you too. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, college football picks. We'll pick five. Take a break. Pick five more. So stick around. Here we go. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. It is time now for bowl season. Pick them. Mo, you got some numbers? Um, let's see. In our previous bowl picks, you and JK were both five and five. I was not. By virtue of Western's 38-35 win over Old Dominion, in which they did not cover their three and a half points, I'm six and four. So. Is there any chance you have the season total, like the total? I do indeed. Hey. You are at 500, 75 and 75. Okay. Chris is one under, well, two under 500 at 74 and 76. Did we do a bonus pick last time? Uh, last, we did not do a bonus pick last time. Okay. Yeah. Um, Justin is 79 and 75 with bonus picks. Um, you are 79 and 75 with bonus picks. I am 78 and 72 overall, 80 and 74 with bonus picks. So it's still kind of anybody's ball game in terms of a season. So. All right. Well, we've got five games. We'll start with one tonight. Speaking of the ACC. Georgia Tech and Central Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl. It's on ESPN at 5.30 tonight, and you can watch Dante 2K and his yellow jackets, and Brent, led by Brent Key, trustful native, as they take on the Gus Bus, 6-6 six and six UCF, four-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. The general public is split 50-50. So good luck. Since you're leading, Mo, you get to pick first now. You know what? I just sentimentally, I cannot pick against Dante Smith. 
I'm going with the Rambling Rick. Oh. I'm going to re retweet retweet that, uh, re-X that, repost. Uh, gotcha. Whatever you say. I haven't kept up with whom I've picked throughout the season, but I do know that it feels like every time I've picked Central Florida, they've come through for me. Okay. So that said, are you picking them again? I think John Ross Pump Plumley is going to play, and if he is, I've got – let's see. Yes, he is going to play, so I'm going to go UCF. You're going UCF? To cover the four and a half points. Justin, I wasn't clear on your pick. I'm going with what you said. Uh, you are going with Georgia Tech. Yes, sir. All right. Good call. A lot of, a lot of gold in this ball game. There will be, in fact. Yeah. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. on ESPN, you can watch – from live from the Crampton Bowl in the capital of Alabama, in the Camellia Bowl. It is Northern Illinois, the one-and-a-half-point dog to Butch Jones and brick-by-brick brick Red Wolves of Arkansas State, who, by the way, had a heck of a job getting bowl eligible because they were putrid to start the year. Mm-hmm. So Arkansas State knows is a, is a one and a half point favorite. They are. Mm. I don't trust Butch. I'm going with Northern Illinois. Mm, I had Arkansas State in the tip of my tongue until you said that name. <laughs> I, I as well. Gonna, I'm going to go Northern Illinois as well. Yeah, I, I think Northern Illinois. I mean, it's basically a pick on my team. Basically, who, you know, whoever you think is going to win the game. So I'm going to go with you and I as well. And I, you. You're right. As it is clearly laid out on their logo. <laughs> the Huskies. Huskies indeed. All right. All right. Also, tomorrow at 11 from Protective Stadium in the Ham, Duke and the Troy State Trojans, champions of the Sun Belt. Trojans four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Dukies, led by Trooper Taylor. They will not have Riley Leonard. They will not have Riley Leonard. And, and that concerns me a little bit. That being said, Troy doesn't have its coach, or, nor – I, I don't know. I know that Tulane just hired their defensive coordinator. I don't know if he is coaching in the bowl game or not. That could make a difference. I'm not sure. I just feel like even though neither team is with a, is has their head coach, there we go. I feel like Duke may be at a little bit more disrespect. I'm Four and a half points. That, that Vegas agrees with you. I'm I'm gonna go with Troy to cover four and a half. But I don't have a lot of confidence in it. 
I'm gonna go Duke. I'd love to see Trooper Taylor win this ball game. Such a cool name. Okay, so I'm gonna pull your Western Kentucky here. <laughs> I understand. And so hopefully they just lose by less than four. I understand. I get it. Two thirty tomorrow on ESPN. James Madison and Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. I don't know how you can pick against Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl, but hey, you do you if you so choose. James Madison without a head coach, Kirk Signetti. What's the number? Oh, about four and a half. Sorry, four and a half in JMU. favor of JMU. Four and a half is a pop is a popular number. In bowl games, yeah, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I tend to agree with you. It's tough in the Armed Forces bowl yep. to not go with the Armed Forces team. I'm taking Air Force. Same. Especially against a Kurt Signetti-less JMU. I am also going with Air Force. Obviously, I said that mm -hmm. <laughs> in the beginning. Just, just, just to confirm. To confirm. Yes. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl at two thirty on ESPN. It's Utah State, a three and a half point dog to the Panthers Ooh. out of Atlanta, Georgia State. Three and a half. Three not, and a half. Not four and a half. Not four. This is an interesting game. I. I if I know. I just don't know very much about Utah State. You said in Georgia State? Georgia Anybody State else? and Utah State, yes. Gotcha. And the line is? Three sorry. and a half in favor of Georgia State. Okay, gotcha. 69% of the country on Utah State, if that helps you. Mm. Well, it, it doesn't. <laughs> Good to know, though. Georgia State can run the football. Yeah, I'm gonna go. G I'm gonna go GSU here. I, I mean, know. offensively, they are far and away more productive. Now, they're on a five-game skid. They have lost to Georgia Southern, JMU, App State, LSU, and Old Dominion. Now, that's not. That's, a, that's a pretty tough. That's a solid, schedule. Yeah, but Georgia Southern got absolutely manhandled. By Ohio in their bowl. Georgia State quarterback Darren Granger, and I'm reading from Last Word on Sports, <laughs> was MVP of the 21 Tax at Camellia Bowl, leads the program in career total offense, touchdown passes, and touchdown responsibilities, second in passing yards, fourth in rushing yards. And running back Marcus Carroll led the conference and was number seven nationally with 1,350 rushing yards. Yeah. So. And they are three and two in bowl games since coming to FBS in 2010. I am inclined to go with Georgia State. I am going with Georgia State as well. JK. 
Yes, uh, Georgia Tech. Oh, you already said Okay. All right, that's fine. Let's take a break. We've got five more to pick. Let's do a uh, one-minute promo here, and we'll be right back after that. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Runner of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama. So, other guy in Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in. We've got six games left to pick. Six. Six. We have 11 total in this set. We'll also pick again on Wednesday when we come back. So there's a lot that's going to happen in the next uh, few days. But we'll start with the 68 Ventures Bowl in Mobile, where South Alabama is playing at home against Eastern Michigan. But the Jaguars are 13-and-a-half-point favorites. Thirteen-and-a-half scares me, even though they are playing at home. It's a lot of points. Yeah, I think I think I'm going with Eastern Michigan to cover – uh, I expect Southern uh, South Alabama to win the game, but that's 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 a lot of points to me. Yep, I agree with that that uh, sentiment as well. I'm going to go with what Mo. Yep. Two with, with, two touchdowns. Give me the Jags. All right. Fourteen is a lot for a bowl game. I feel like maybe not. Not what last night. Um, depends on what the bowl. <laughs> South Florida and Syracuse have various issues. 45? 45. Jeez. 45. Oh, brutal. <laughs> All right. Uh, Northwestern and Utah in the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Oh, goodness. Northwestern and Utah. Utah's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, folks. Nine-and-one-half points on ABC at 6.30 Saturday. Utah is a nine and a half point favorite versus Northwestern. I'm gonna go Northwestern straight up here, even though we're doing. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Here we go. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm certainly taking Northwestern to cover, and I would not be surprised if, as Justin said, they didn't win straight up. Can't do it. I'm going with the Utes. These Utes. All right. So, 9.30 tomorrow night on ESPN in the Hawaii Bowl. It's balling at the beach, Coastal Carolina 
Chanticleer seven and a half point dogs against San Jose State and their Spartans. Seven and a half in favor of San Jose State. Seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Give me Coastal. Okay. I'm going to go San Jose State here. No Grayson McCall. No good for the shanties. San Jose State for me as well. Tuesday, 1 o'clock, ESPN, row the boat. Favored <laughs> over the brown and orange Falcons of Bowling Green. What's the number? Five and a half. Four. The boat rowers. Yeah, give me PJ Fleck. I agree. Um, who's PJ Fleck? <laughs> he the is coach. the coach at Minnesota. He's the he's the chief. He's boat the rower. chief boat rower. Yeah, I, I don't know what that. There's a title there probably, but um, yeah, he's. Row. That. I like that. I hope they say that whenever they're feeling down. Row. Yeah. Yeah. You are you taking? Oh yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. The Coxlain. There we go. I don't think that's how you pronounce it. What'd you call me. I think it's Coxon. That's but probably, probably more correct. Yes. Yeah. I don't, they're, more forty. Yeah. We really got to the bottom of that. Good job, crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Four thirty on Tuesday on ESPN. Rice in Texas State in the First Responders Bowl, which is played in Gerald Ford Stadium in Dallas. Okay. Gerald J. Ford Stadium. I don't know who's who plays there. I'm not sure anybody plays there. I think Rice used to play there. I think it's been renamed. If it has, it's I think SMU oh, plays okay. there. Okay. So there you go. They will be playing it at Gerald J. Ford Stadium, home of the Mustangs of SMU. Texas State Rice, the number is six and a half in favor of the Bobcats. I'll take Rice if it comes with the meal. Ooh. <laughs> Texas State is a six and a half. Are you taking TJ or JT? I'm taking TJ. I'm with you. Texas State. I got to go with Rice just because I said the joke. <laughs> I, think, I feel like Texas State is going to kind of look at this game as an opportunity to prove something. Well, I mean, they've certainly been proving something all year. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's TJ Family, man. Mm -hmm. How about that? Tuesday, 8 o'clock, the nightcap. Day after Christmas on ESPN, Kansas and the Running Rebels, Nevada, Las Vegas. The number 12 and a half points for Kansas. For Kansas. 12 and one half points. Again, that number scares me. And with the job that Barry Odom has done out at UNLV, now again, you don't know who's going to play and who's not on either side. But I like UNLV 
to keep it close enough to cover 12 and a half. I'm with you. I got I got Nevada Las Vegas myself. Same Z's. Finally, Tulane. Not one, but two Tulane. And Virginia Tech in the military bowl presented by GoBowling.com. This one is played at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland, much closer to Virginia Tech than Tulane. Mm -hmm. The number is four and a half points in favor of the Hokies. Ooh. Four and a half? Four and a half. Back to that four and a half again. I like Tulane straight up, as Justin would say. Yep, I uh, I as well I'm going to go Tulane. I'm assuming that Michael Pratt is going to play. And with that assumption, I'm going to go like you, Mo, and Paula Abdul, straight up. Tulane, give me the green wave (laughs) over the hoax. There you go. Those are our 11 picks. We'll be back on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. I'm not sure if we went away or what's up, but uh, you are good. Okay. We're good? Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, 2 o'clock, Main Street Sports State, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint. We'll return to the Lee Company studio. We hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas and happy, happy holidays. Enjoy your food. I know we will. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you Wednesday. That's right. Have a great day. Until then. <laughs>